Welcome to our second service. My name is Brandon Watts. I do get the great privilege of serving as the lead pastor uh, of this uh, church, which is about to be two years. That's crazy, y'all. That's crazy. And man, we are about to celebrate our two-year anniversary in, uh, at the end of March, last Sunday in March, with uh, my pastor and spiritual father is going to be with us, Dr. Eric Mason. You do not want to miss that Sunday. Uh, and so we're praying that you would get here early, Get here early. If you're coming to the first service, get here early. If you're coming to the second, get here early so that we could uh, fill this room up uh, with praises to Jesus, uh, but also the preached word. And so I'm excited about our two-year anniversary. Also, let me publicly just quickly express my excitement about going back through another book of the Bible. Uh, since the beginning of our church, we tried to we tried to do so by getting into the word faithfully. And so we're, we're serious about preaching the whole council of God. If I'm 37 now. If the Lord grants me uh, just some more years to uh, be able to proclaim his word, my hope and prayer is to get through 75% of all of the scriptures, if not more, uh, depending on how much time he gives me, get through all of what the scriptures have to say. And so the way we do that here at Epiphany Church is by getting in books of the Bible. And we go through books of the Bible line by line and verse by verse. And so we started our church by going through the book of Colossians, uh, and then uh, we did the book of Jonah, uh, and then we did the book of First Peter, and so now we've kind of been doing this New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, so now we are jumping back into the three chapters in Habakkuk, and trust me, it, if you've been reading through it, I've heard some of you have been reading through it in your devotional times, and if you've been reading through it, uh, it almost just looks like, you know, he's, Habakkuk is a very unique prophet. Uh, first of all, you don't see him prophesying much in the book at all. It's just a conversation with the Lord. And the questions he asks the Lord are questions you ask on a consistent basis. So I want to encourage you guys to be here next week as we kick off our Habakkuk series, but also try to commit some time this week to uh, praying for the series, but also commit some time to uh, reading the word. Habakkuk is not a book that people typically run to for devotion. Uh, we usually try to stick around some familiar places, but uh, nevertheless, it is a good place that the Lord, I think, will... Um, will bless us with. Listen, man, one of the things I love about being a young church, and young is in not just the age of our church, but the age limit within our church, the, the ages in the church, we're full of millennials. And one thing about millennials is uh, they typically start out single, meet somebody, get engaged, get engaged, get engaged, and then get married. Somebody got engaged this weekend is what I'm trying to say. Y'all make some noise for DeRay and Nakia. Y'all wave your hands. Amen. They're sitting over there looking all nice and sweet, boo-loving during service. Amen. We're excited about them, be able to walk with them. I, I love it. I love love. I love seeing uh, couples get together, get engaged, uh, move towards marriage, uh, families, and just the whole dynamic. Healthy marriages, healthy families. Uh, and that's what our, our church is, is desiring. Well, listen, I'm excited today because I get a break from preaching today. I get to sit down and uh, take some notes and get to listen to the word of God, get to listen to the gospel be preached. Uh, but more exciting than being able to take a break is that for the first time since uh, we've started our church, typically when I'm taking a break, we'll have an outside uh, guest preacher come in, somebody we're connected with that uh, walks us through the word of God. But today I'm excited because we get to hear from one of our own preaching today. Amen. Amen. I'm excited. Carlos is going to be preaching to us today. I'm excited because, you know, he's a, a faithful husband to, to Jennifer. Jennifer, wave your hand. Amen. 
And their two beautiful daughters, Elizabeth and Ava, just a great father, a great family, uh, a, a great man of God that loves the Lord. I've been discipling him and walking close with him. Uh, and uh, one of the things we talk about within discipleship is what does preaching look like? So we walk through, and that's, man, I remember the first time uh, Dr. Mason said, you know, get up and preach. Uh, first of all, I made a mess of things, uh, but the church was gracious, he was gracious, and uh, just continue to allow me to develop. And I'm, I praise God for those moments because uh, the church really allowed me to develop. You know, we got developed at home before we were able to be, uh, be uh, planting churches and being out. And so I'm, I'm grateful for Carlos. So I want to invite him up. Y'all make some noise for Carlos. Won't y'all do me a favor, point, point your hands this way as we pray for him. Uh, Father, I'm so grateful today for, uh, for this man. Um, I'm grateful that he stands in this space and that he gets to proclaim your word. Uh, I think we both would agree that he is uh, undone. He is not preaching because he's perfect. He's preaching because he's dependent. And so, Father, I pray for him today as he unpacks your word. I pray that you would give him Holy Ghost boldness. You give him gospel clarity. Woe unto us if we preach not the gospel. Father, I'm confident that I get to sit and I get to be confident that I'm going to hear the gospel today. I pray that it would move on the hearts of all of us because we're all still in need of it. So, Lord, use him. Give him clarity of thought, clarity of speech. Uh, and, and, Lord, his passions, I pray that you would uh, help us to see them as he's delivering the word of God. It's not no textbook. This is your, your power packed into 66 books. So, Father, use him for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Y'all make some noise amen. for Carlos. Amen. Amen. God bless you, family. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, family. I pray that you all are as gracious to me as they were to Pastor Brandon if and when I do make a mess up in here. And um, just thank God for this opportunity. It's an honor to be before you all. It's an honor to be under also our pastor, Pastor Brandon, who has blessed us abundantly every week that he's here. And um. I just thank God. Just want to put this out there. <clears throat> I'm not qualified for this. All right. Just want to put that out there. I'm not. I'm not qualified for this stuff. As a matter of fact, I'm. I'm, I'm disqualified. I've been disqualified since birth. All right. If any word comes out of my mouth, it's because of the Holy Spirit Himself. It's because this is His work. This is His church. And whatever it is that you understand, it's because that's what He wants you to understand. So. Don't look at me. Look at Jesus. Let's look at Jesus. Any word that is delivered, look at Jesus because it's all about Jesus. Hope you all slept well today in this rainy days because I sure did it. Slept about two to three hours thinking about this right here. It's like when you're about to go on, on a trip and you think about, ah, oh, man, did I put the passport in? Did I put the bathing suit in? Did I put the socks in? And I was just thinking, man, you know, this is going to be crazy up in here. But we're here, and I thank God. I thank God that I'm here before the family of the Lord Jesus Christ, man. And today we're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. We're going to be reading all the way up to verse 21. So let us open up our Bibles or, you know, open up our apps to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. We're going to be reading up to verse 21. Follow along, please, as I read. <clears throat> For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. 
And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, not counting their trespasses against us, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Today's topic, today's title is Motivated by Love. Motivated by Love. Can you all please pray for me again as I pray for you all? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. My lips are not clean, Lord, but by your grace and mercy, I can speak these words, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your son who died for us on the cross. I pray for those who are here. I pray that they would be refreshed by your word. I pray if anybody comes and came up in here, not without a relationship with you, that they would leave here renewed, God, regenerated, Holy Spirit. God, I pray for the boldness. I pray for that Holy Spirit fire. I pray that no, none of my emotions get in the way of what you're trying to do to your people, Lord God. I pray that chains be broken up in this place, Almighty God. Those that are in bondage to any things of the world, I pray that you would break that, Father God. Holy God, we thank you, oh God Almighty, for you are awesome, you are amazing, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us, Lord God, and we are yours, and you are ours, and we thank you for that, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 In 1993, a singer by the name of Meatloaf came out with a song. Already people are laughing because you know what song this is. Some. Right? And, and some of us know how this song is. It's, very, it's a very mysterious song. And the, the singer, a great, actually a Grammy Award winning song, he goes on to sing this song. And he goes to say, I would do anything for love. And, but there's a mystery to this song. Because he says, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. What is that? Right, we've been trying to figure out, what is that? Is it, I'm, I'll do anything for love, but I'm not going to give you my last piece of flan or tres leches. Like, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna, I'll do anything for love, but you're not going to get my last, my last slice of pizza. Like, we're not going there, right? And we, well, anyway. Like, I'm, I'll do anything for love, but what is that, right? What, and, and he goes on to sing this song to his, to, to his girl, and he, he talks about how everything that he would do for love, and, 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 and I did you the favor that I already looked at the lyrics for you so that you don't have to Google it, you don't have to go on YouTube and check out the video. Again, I'm warning you, 
what's the point? You're going to do it anyway. Do not go on and check it out, right? And he goes and he's talking to her and he says, I will do anything for love. I'll run to hell for you. This man's talking about, I'll run to hell for you, but I, I just won't do that. He goes on and says, I'll do anything you're dreaming of. Anything. I'll do anything for love, but I just won't do that. He was motivated. He was motivated to do anything in love, of course, except for that, whatever that is, for this woman that he is singing to. That was his motivation. What is yours? What is your motivation? What motivated you to leave your house in this rain and come up into this place? What motivates you to get up every day? What motivates you to go to work? What motivates you to live life? What motivates you to do what it is that you do? What is it? What is it that's motivating you to even listen right now? And Paul, we see here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he goes on to speak about not only about what's motivating him, but he's speaking about what is controlling him. There is something that Paul is controlled by. And he goes on to say, it is love. It is love, love, love. But it's not love that he has for Christ. It's the love that Christ has for him that motivates him to do whatever it is that he does. Everything he does, he does it in light of how much Christ loves him. Man, what motivates you? He goes on to say, he, about this love, he knew, Paul knew about all the dangers that had to do with him preaching this gospel. He was told one time, he was like, look, man, give me your belt. Boom, give him the belt. He said, look at this belt. You go up, uh, you, you get out of here, you go to that city, they're going to tie you up with this belt, they're going to give you unto your enemies. Some people are like, all right, then I'm going home. Paul was like, oh, well, you know what? They could imprison me. As a matter of fact, they could put me to death because I am controlled by the love that Christ has for me. Paul was willing to go all out for that love. Sometimes I got trouble waking up early in the morning just to pray for him for that love. But Paul, Paul is controlled by this love. He, knew, he didn't care about any dangers. He was able to respond to, to, to Jesus by saying, here I am. Do as you will because I know that you love me. You see, he is controlled by love. What are you controlled? Some of us have control issues. Some of us have some control issues, and I'm not talking about the control you have for others, although that could be an issue. That's probably another topic. I'm talking about what controls you. What controls you? Look, man, uh, it, it, it could be your kids. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely kids. Right? Family members. Drugs. Sin. As a, as a substance abuse counselor, I had many sessions with drug addicts, and, they, and especially those who are addicted to heroin, and they tell me, man, this heroin is dope all day. I wake up thinking about dope. I leave my house thinking about dope. I go to work thinking about dope. I, I get paid, and I already, already have in mind how much I'm going to use on that dope. I left my family because of the dope. All because dope, 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 dope. I go to sleep thinking about this dope, about what I'm going to be using the next day, controlled by it. Controlled, lost it all for that. And some of us may say, thank God that ain't me. But we all have to examine our hearts and ask God, Lord, what is it that is controlling me? What is stopping me from getting deeper with you? What is stopping me from building my relationship with you? What is it that's stopping me from going to where it is you want me to be at? What is controlling you? Paul says, man, it's just love. Love controls me. 
It is what guides me. And why? Why is it that Paul was controlled by love? We look at verse 14. It starts by saying, I am controlled by this love, compelled by this love. And then he says, because I have concluded this. This is what I figured out. This is what I realized. This is what God has shown me. That one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all. He goes on to say at the end of verse 15 that I no longer, for, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their, sake, for their sake died and was raised. The reason that Paul was able to conclude about the love of Jesus Christ is because he saw himself in his previous life before coming to Jesus Christ. If you know how much that God took you out of, you will darn sure be able to live for Jesus all day, every day. I know that my life, the way that I was living, the reckless life that I was living has me here today. Because of what the Holy Spirit has done. See, someone's got some past, right? I got a past. I got a history that I'm ashamed of. I got a history that thoughts come back to my mind that I don't want to think of. I, like, and, and these thoughts just, just try to just creep up into my life that I, I, I got to worship. I got to worship. I got to worship. Because if not, then these thoughts are just going to control me. Instead of my thoughts and my past controlling me, the love of Jesus is controlling us now. And that's what God wants. And Paul, it's like he, he's, he's there writing to, he's writing to the church at Corinth. He's like, Yo, the love of God, is the love of Christ controls us because he died for me. And I didn't deserve that. I did not deserve to die, to be died for. We need to remember where we came from. We need to remember where it is that God took us out of so that we could continue to be controlled by what it is that he's done for us. The love of Christ, the love of Christ motivates us to live for him. And this is what Paul did. See, Paul knew exactly what Christ did, and he goes on to say it. If we go to Romans chapter 5, verse 8, how much God shows us love, even in our worst point, he died for us. And the good thing about Christ, that he, he, he don't, he's not like us, how, you know, we say, yeah, um, I'm, I just left my house, and we're still in the living room looking at our hair. I relate to pick somebody up. Christ is on time when he dies for us. Christ came at the perfect time to die for you and to die for me, because we are in desperate need of a Savior. And God decided to do that even before the creation of the universe to die for you and to die for me. And Paul, knowing this, like, man, God got to love me if he does that. He has to love me if he does that. So if we continue to live this life, we need to continue to live life in light of the love that Christ has for us. That's a response. We need, when we live life recognizing his love, how do we respond to that? How do you respond to the love that Jesus has for you? How do you respond to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? How do you respond? Some of us are here because of that, and we raise up our hands, and we worship the living God Almighty because of where we know where he took us out of. Can't help it. I can't. It's up in the gut area. We're just worshiping. Ah! Because we're all a mess. So, Paul, because thinking about this love of Christ, he wasn't the type of cat to be singing, my life is not my own just because it's a song, here I am, here I am. No, he lived the lifestyle of that song saying, my life is not my own, my life is not my own, here I am, here I am. How many of us could say that today? If not, I pray that we could all leave this place saying that today, Lord, my life is not my own, here I am, here I am. Lord, help us. 
And we don't do this. We don't live for Christ to earn favor. We don't do this to earn our salvation. We don't do this to keep our salvation. We do it because he has soured us with his grace. We do this because he has already saved us. So in response to that grace and in response to that, to, 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 to that salvation, we live for him. We live for Jesus because of what he has done for us. It's not easy. It's not easy. But it's possible. Because he has left his Holy Spirit for you to comfort you, to convict you, and to guide you in your ways as a Christian. See, Paul didn't have the do me mentality that we hear these days. No, just do you. Just do you. Just do you. Just nah, none of that. Paul had the do Christ mentality. I'm, I'm not doing me. I'm doing Christ. No longer the person that once was. I am the person that Christ has made me to be. As a matter of fact, Paul had the whole mentality. It is no longer I, but it is Christ that lives through me. Jeez. Jesus, thank you, Lord. So the love of Christ has for us motivates us to live for him. And God loves us so much that he died for his offenders. And he goes on in verse 16 after speaking about this. He goes, so from now on, since we know that Christ loves us, since we know that he died for us, since we know that he resurrected for us, now we don't look at anybody according to the flesh. We no longer have those, those regular eyes. Like we no longer, when somebody comes in, we no longer looking at them and just looking up and down like, wow, look at those sneakers, look at those shoes. Wow, let me see. Pick up your pants. Let me those socks. Wow, that's a nice jacket. No, it's not about the clothing. It's not about the outer appearance. It's all now we're looking at people who come through that door or anywhere else. That's a soul. That's a soul. Forget about what they're wearing. Forget about how they smell. Forget about how dirty they are. Forget about how clean they are. That's a soul that has been created in the image of God, in the image and likeness of God. So now that we have been looked at as not as sinners, but as the righteousness of Jesus Christ, as the righteousness of God, now as a response to the love of Jesus Christ, we look at others the same way that God looks us. See, so that, what that means is that now we're walking through the block, we're going through La Bodega, and we're looking at people who are in the corner, not as drug dealers, but we're looking at them as future pastors, <laughs> preachers. 12 years old when I, was first, when, I, when I sold my first bag of weed. 12. People would come to the block and be like, who is this kid? It's like 13. I was like, 12, but we're not going to talk about that. The last thing I ever thought of was me being up in front of you talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Never. 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 But God in his infinite grace and mercy And now look at who we are today. He looks at what he's going to do with us. And that's how we need to see our community. That's how we need to see our children. That's how we need to see our parents. That's how we need to see our aunts, uncles, grandparents, everybody, whether a believer or not. We need to see them as as God looks at them, as a soul. Not as a parent. Look, let me just put this out there. In behalf of the University Church, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for looking at you because of your parents. I'm sorry for telling you, change, like, don't put on no jeans up in church. Put on a longer skirt. Put on some sleeves. Put this on. Put that. And I'm not even caring about your soul. Oh, my goodness. Look, Christ did not die for our appearance. He died for our soul. And that's how God wants us to look at the people. Not because of what they're wearing, but because of who they are within them. People are so quick to tell you to change your clothes, but don't ask you how your soul is. I was one of them. I was one of them, and I'm sorry. But God is gracious and merciful, and I thank him for that. So now the love of Christ motivates us to see beyond the flesh, 
and it allows us to see through the souls the love of Christ and his work on the cross to look at to lead us to look at people for, 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 for who God has created them to be from now who they are today. Especially if they come through those doors. Because if they're here, it's because God has sent them here. And we're here to show them the love of Jesus Christ because he has poured that on us. And he speaks about this, that now I don't see them like that anymore. I don't see people normally, you know, I see them as God wants me to see them. And then he goes on to talk about, in verse 16, not only does he not see the people how he once saw, but he no longer sees Christ the way he once saw. He no at one point, we know anything about Paul, he was a persecutor. The type of guy who would leave the clothes of Christians in front of him, give him the head nod, and go away with him. He was a, a persecutor of the, of the church, of the body of Christ. Right? He saw Jesus as a G with a, little, as a lowercase G, like, you know, just as, as a false, as a phony, not as God. He didn't see him as that. But the second that Christ entered into his life, the second that he was saved from his past, he no longer saw Christ as he once was. Now he sees Christ as who he is. He no longer sees Christ as who Paul once was, but he sees Christ for who Christ is, as the Messiah, the Lord, the God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that's how Paul saw him. And now that's how you and I can see him. Why? Because of the love of Christ, because of the death and resurrection, because of our salvation. We were all saw Christ as enemies before we came to Christ because we were all enemies of Christ. Nobody came out the womb singing, singing hallelujah. Nobody. You definitely didn't love Christ for waking me up at 3 o'clock in the morning with all that crying. Anyway, my daughters aren't here, so I'm going through a moment. Sorry about that. So he no longer sees the people as he once was, as they once were. He no longer sees Christ the same way because of the love, the death, and resurrection. So now he goes on to verse 17. Therefore, so now therefore, because of the love, death, and resurrection, and because now of oh, how I see Jesus Christ, now therefore, he talks to us, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new creation. In Christ, new creation. In Christ, new creation. In Christ a new creation. The love of Christ motivates us to live as if we are new creations in him. And we know we just like live different, walk differently when we have something new on. Right? Like you get the new sneakers on, it's like everybody move back, don't walk around my sneakers, especially if they're white and I'm not wearing them today because it's raining outside, so we already know that's not going to work out, right? Like everything's just different when you're new, like back up, nah, don't mess them up, and then you walk different, you walk like that so there's no creases on your shoes and all that stuff, like you're trying to stay fly, you know, and in crisis, so think about it, we're walking like that with clothing. How much more should we live our life because of the new souls that God has given us, which costs a whole lot more than anything. As a matter of fact, it costs the blood of Jesus Christ. It costs the blood of Jesus, our souls. So now we're living this new life. You are no longer who you once were, but unfortunately we want to go back and fish for that old person. We want to go back and visit that person that we once were. It's not worth it. I remember one time I was up. Uh, when we first started going to church, we had church like every single day. We invented an eighth day just to have church. <laughs> and it had to be at every single meeting, all that stuff. And praise God for that. It really molded me today. And I thank God for that. I genuinely, seriously do. 
And, but one Friday night, we had Friday youth services, and one Friday night after dropping off my beautiful lady, let me get my pulpit points, my beautiful lady at home, you know, um, you know. <laughs> so I drop her off, and I go back to the block where I used to sell drugs at. I'm like, let me just see what these guys are doing, you know what I'm saying? Let me preach Christ. Uh, and those are like, yo, we're about to go to my, my sister's birthday party, we're going out to this, we're going to a bar. I'm like, oh, no, I don't one drink, you know, it's going to go the wrong direction. Like, come on, man, you don't even got a drink. Just hang out, just chill out with us. Come with us. All right, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. So we go to the bar, and I go to this bathroom in the bar, a dirty bathroom, dirty bathroom, and I get on my knees. I get literally on the toilet. Whatever, judge me all you want. I needed to do that. And I said, Lord, I have no business being here right now. Please help me not go back to my old ways. And I go to the bar. I'm sitting at the bar. I'm like, yo, let me get a water. Let me get a cranberry juice, blah, blah, blah. Dudes are making fun of me because I'm not drinking. I'm not getting drunk. Like, ah, ha, ha, we're going to put some Jesus walks for you and all that stuff, getting mocked, all that. And, and bar attendants like, yo, why, why aren't you drinking? So that's because I'm a new person in Christ. And I ended up that night preaching to every bartender that was there. But I don't advise that <laughs> at all. <laughs> that was just that moment. But when you live in light of new being a new creation in life, in Christ, you no longer do the old things. You just live different now. It's no longer, it's not about your sneakers not getting dirty. It's about your soul not getting dirty. You don't want to contaminate that. So you just move differently now. You just move differently now. Everything's just different now. So that's what, the, that's what the love of Christ motivates us. It motivates us to go and to live as a new person that we are. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. So he goes on to say, in Christ, and I want us to see that because this is very important. Because this is for us as believers. This applies to us. If you're a believer in here today, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, this, this applies to you, this whole being a new person in Christ. I'm sorry if you're not a believer. It's not about excluding you. I want to include you in this Christianity. It's, it's an inclusive uh, um, faith and an exclusive. It's inclusive because it's for all of those who are in Christian, but it's exclusive it's because it's only for those who are in, in, in Christ. But if you're not in Christ, I invite you today, please repent. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that you too could be a new person in Christ and live that out. That way you don't have to be ashamed of your past, ashamed of the things that you've done in the past, but you could live it in light of what Jesus Christ did for you. Help us, God. How? How do we do this? How is it that we could be saved? How is it that, 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 that we are a new person? He answers this question because I'm glad you asked because I asked the same thing. How is it that we could do this? And in, verse, in the next verse, in verse all to 18, he says, all of this is from God. That's, that's some good news right there. Because if it was up to you, you know you mess it up. All right, let me, if it was up to me, I'll mess it up. Heck, I'll still mess it up. It is up to God. It is because of God that you are here. It is because of God that you're able to understand anything that I'm saying. If you're able to understand me, it is up to God. Everything that is happening in your life, the salvation that you have obtained through Christ, by Christ, it is because of God, not because of your own works. Not because of our own works. It's because of God, 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 God. And it's because of God that we are forgiven and be able to continue to live out in this gospel. So if you are a new person, if you're a visitor here today, and the question may come, wow, how can I do that? It's God working in your life right now. The, the fact that you're even asking that question is God. See, because back in the days, we had some irreconcilable differences with God. We were at beef with God, enemies with God. And I love what Paul says. He goes, all this is from, from God who through Christ reconciled, to him, reconciled us to himself. 
That's good news right there. Usually, right, when we offend somebody, the right thing to do is, my man who just got engaged, you're going to learn this if you haven't learned this already. You need to go up to your wife and apologize. I'm not saying I got it all packed down. I'm not saying I got it all together. God's still working in my life. I know my wife looking at me like, yeah, you need to apply that at home. <laughs> I will, baby. Sanctification is progressive. But, right, when we offend somebody, we got to go up to them and say, hey, look, I messed up. I'm sorry. But in this case, it is God who we have offended, and it is God who comes to us and reconciles us to through Christ. So I love the picture of what he's showing us. He puts us in harmony with God. So this is like when you, you know, you're riding with your spouse or whoever it is you're riding with, and you had that argument where you're singing the spiritual hymns and songs to each other and all that good stuff, right? And you're in the car, and you're driving just silent, right? You're just like, yo, I got and, and you're mad, and you just drive a little faster when you're mad, right? You're like, oh. And you got your hand and, and right here, and you're just mad. But all of a sudden, you messed up, and all of a sudden, you feel that hand just come on top of your hand like, it's going to be right. It's going to be all right. That's what God did. That when we offended him, he puts his hand on top of ours like, hey, it's going to be all right. I got you. He has reconciled us through Christ. And has made us his bride. And one day we would enjoy that feast up in heaven as a new person. Not only a new body, but not only a new person, but a whole new body glorified. So that we could bow down before the throne of God. Cast our crowns unto him. Saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Brothers and sisters, that day is coming. Do not give up because that day is coming. We will all worship the living God together above heaven forever. Oh, I can't wait for that day when there's no more irreconcilable differences. And that all starts because he has reconciled to him, us to him. So now he goes on in verse 18, 19. No, sorry, verse 18, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So now he's given us the same job that Jesus had. And reconciling people to his father, he gave us the Holy Spirit. So that we can reconcile the people to him. It's not our job, it's God's job. So now we get to join him in the mission to redeem the city for him. It's not our job. He gave it to you. And that's, a, that, that's bold. That's like giving your two-year-old all the food so that they could cook it up. You know they're going to mess that up. Hey, you got to root them on like, good job, good job, because, you know, all that self-esteem stuff, right? You gotta, that's a great job. You give them a broom, like, why don't you work on that a little bit? You know, train them when they're young. They won't leave the path of cleaning your house. <laughs> and so he gives us this responsibility to go out to the blocks so that we can see people, not through their appearance, but through their souls, and tell them God loves you. And he can forgive you of your sins. And he has mercy of you. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is awesome. Because I don't deserve that job. I messed things up way too much. Probably did already. Now, that was the first service, actually. <laughs> so the love of Christ now, it motivates us, right? The love of Christ motivates us. Like, how could you, like, even if you want to stay quiet, when the love of Christ ha has come into your life, even if you want to stay quiet, you can't help it because it comes from your God. Ah! Right? Like, sorry about that. I had to. But it's like Jeremiah. It's like this fire is just burning through my soul that I can't keep quiet. There'll be times where I, you know, I'm with the family, and like, oh, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say anything. And then comes dinner time, and like, why don't you pray for the food? See, my prayers are sermons. 
right? So it's a whole sermon, and it's like, and thank you for the food. And God has given us this ministry of reconciliation to the point that because of his love, we cannot stay quiet because it's so good. He loves me. He loves you. We can't stay quiet about that. So we go out to the streets. When we're out in the trains, when we're out at our schools, when we're out at our jobs, we can't help but tell somebody, hey, you know what, man? I know you got a soul, and Jesus loves it so much that he died for it. I'm almost done. So he goes on speaking about our ministry and reconciliation, and so that we could do the same thing that Christ did for us. And the beauty of this in verse 19 says, that is, in Christ God was, like, he reconciled the world to himself, not counting the trespasses. Not counting the trespasses. We learned that last week as well when we read through Colossians. God is not looking at you for what you have done in your past, but God is looking at you because of, through what Christ did on that cross. That's a beautiful thing. Thank God that he is not human to constantly throw at our face all of our mistakes and all of our paths and all that we've done. And instead he's throwing us at our face the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus. Everybody, the love of Jesus. That's what he's throwing at us. You messed up. It's all good. I got you. Now go and live it out. The love of Christ. And then not only that, but then he, he tells us in verse 20 that we are now ambassadors for Christ. We are his representatives. And one thing I know about ambassadors is they are never an ambassador in their own home. They're an ambassador at another foreign country. They go and they travel to another country and they represent their government. They represent whoever it is that they got to represent in this country as aliens. Brothers and sisters, this is not your home. You are an ambassador representing the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. But it's hard. But the love of God motivates you to do it. I can't do it. The love of God will motivate you to do it. Because the love of God that controls us. So now, let us, re- let us represent him. Not of obligation. Not because we feel like, oh man, I'm going to get punished, I'm going to get hurt, whatever. Oh, God is going to be mad at me. No, God is not mad at you. All the anger that God has ever had, he has put it on his son, Jesus Christ. So now he's not mad at you. So get that off the plate. He loves you. So don't do it to gain anything from him. He loved you before you were even born. I, 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 tell, I tell my daughters all the time, right, like I, before they were born, as soon as we heard that my wife was pregnant, for both of them, I started writing them a book. First thing I told them, hey, look, I don't love you because of any good thing you do, and I don't love you any less because of any bad thing you do. I love you already, you're not even born yet. Love you already, and you're not even born yet. And before you were even created, before you even thought of, God already had the plan to send his son to die for you at the perfect time. The perfect time. So let us go and not live as obligation, but as a response. As a response. When you know somebody loves you the way they do, you do things different. You give them a nice ring and all that stuff. I'm wearing my sunglasses up here. Last point, I think. Yeah. Verse 20. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. If you are a visitor here today, I am beg you, I beseech you, I'm, cry, I'm telling you, be reconciled to God. Today is the day of salvation. Today could be the beginning of the rest of your life. Today, your trajectory of life could completely change if you say yes to Jesus. Be reconciled to God. And I love this because he's talking to the church here. So church don't save you. 
They're attending. The church attend this. You're not going to make it to heaven. Like, yeah, you've been to church every single day. Come up on. I got you. I got a, I got a throne just for you. It is a Jesus Christ. It is Jesus and Jesus alone that will save you. So be reconciled to him who loves you, who died for you. And the last point, he says in verse 21, which is the beauty of this and we're done after this, probably. There was a, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Speaking of Christ. So that in him, in him, in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Back in Genesis, there was a great deception. God told Adam, you cannot eat of the tree. You can't eat from this fruit or this particular tree. So, so don't do it. Satan comes through, talks to Eve like, yo, God didn't say that. I got something for you. She looks at it, looks good to the side of the eye. She eats it, she gives it to her boo. They both eat of this tree, the fruit, deceived by Satan. And because of that, we have imputed all of the sin that Adam has given to us, has come from Adam. And one might say, but that's not fair. Why is it that I'm blamed for the sin of Adam? Well, if that's not fair, then this isn't fair. The fact that on that cross of Jesus hanging on there, he took on all of our sins and the great exchange occurred. That He took on our sins and gave us his righteousness. That's a beautiful exchange right there, brothers and sisters. That's the beautiful exchange. That's the greatest exchange that I could ever think of. He took my garbage. He took my life. He was treated the way I deserved. He was given everything that I deserved just so that I could be treated the way he deserved, just because I could be given what everything that he deserved. And because of that, now we get to reign with him in heaven. And because of Jesus, we have eternal life. And it doesn't, have, it doesn't start when we make it to heaven. It can start today, brothers and sisters. If you have not known Jesus Christ, you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, Look, we're not, we're not a perfect church. We're never going to get perfection right until we make it to heaven. But we know a perfect Savior who died for you on that cross. If you want to get to know more about Jesus, I ask you to please speak to Harvesters after this. If you're a Harvesters team, please raise your hand. If you want to know more about this, what is it that he's talking about? He's, he talks fast, but I heard something about Jesus. Ask them and be reconciled to God who loves you and died for you. Let us bow our heads as we close out. We bless your name, God. You are awesome and amazing, God. What you've done, Lord God, is we can't, we can't even begin to repay it, Lord. But if there's anything that we could do, I pray that we could live life in light of the love that you have for us. Live life like that. Help us to be controlled by your love, awesome God. Help us to be motivated by your love so that all that we do, Lord, we no longer do it for ourselves, but we do it for you, God. I pray for everybody who is here, awesome God, that you would just continue to pour into our life, God, so that they could live with you in eternity, awesome God. And I pray for those that do not know you, Lord, that you would just work in their hearts, God, that even if they don't make some type of decision today, that they would come back and grow with you, Father God. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given us to be able to hear your word, awesome God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you guys. I love you guys. Please pray for me and my family. Thank you.